This is this is this is the Bottom Bends podcast. Oh yeah! Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bends podcast and to our Premier League coverage for 2023-2004. I'm Richie, joined today by the usual suspects, Oren and Connor, um, and we are here to look at Manchester United versus Aston Villa um, that happened on Sunday in the Premier League. Now, lads, um, I, I made a wee joke um, at the end of last week's episode where I was saying, you know, uh, we'll have to come back to this one next week and, and we might be lambasting United. But actually, I'm, I'm quite happy to report that United managed to come out of this game relatively unscathed and managing to win the game 2-1, cutting the gap on the top four to six points and cutting the gap on Aston Villa to five points. So, Oren, I'm just going to jump straight into it, jumping straight to you. United won the game 2-1. Now, they weren't convincing. You know, it's not as if they were, you know, the better side or anything on the day. But that is the type of result that is a big statement from United to sort of say, look, we're, we're still here and we're still going to fight for the top four, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, I, and, I, and I did expect that from United, to be honest. And um, I would say United were the better side, to be honest, especially in the first half. There was a huge shift in momentum in my opinion when Luke Shaw went off and um, you know what did bring a, a bit of a lack of composure at the back of Victor Lindelof playing left back obviously it's not as natural or comfortable position um, and you know well, as United fans I think that'll be monitored in the next few games if Luke Shaw is not fit it could be a, a big problem for United especially with the recent injury to Martinez again um, but again Harry Maguire absolutely fantastic at the back um, there wasn't really a foot put wrong for, in terms of defence in my opinion I think you know they did very very well um, with Hoyland's goal apparently it was a train ground routine um, worked very well keeping the ball alive uh, Maguire keeping the ball alive and um, Hoyland on the end of it um, and then obviously uh, McTominay's header doing what he's done very very much for us this season 12 points he's gained from his go- we've gained from his goals um, a very important player for us this season um, perhaps not the role that he expected this season, considering the amount of game time he's seen in previous years and under previous managers, but um, he's really delivering for us when it matters. And um, To get six points from Aston Villa in the season is fantastic. And um, you know, Long may this, this run from Manchester United continue, and if it does, um, you know, it, top four really is on. And I said it a few weeks ago, I do expect United to finish the top four. I just think these injuries need to be monitored once again, and you know, it'll, it'll really depend on Luke Shaw and Martinez's recovery if this form continues. Luton's a huge, huge game on Sunday. Well, yeah, I think you'll be happy to know, Warren, that Shaw was only taken off. It was just a precaution, is what they're saying, and they do expect him to be fit for, for Luton at the weekend. Um, so that's a big positive for Manchester United heading into that game, because uh, Luton away could be a, a tricky one for United. Um, with Martinez, though, unfortunately, it's going to be the end of March, start of April, they're saying, before he's he's going to be fit to make his return. Um, so that's that's a big blow for United, um, missing Martinez. And, you know, it feels like, Especially with Martinez, you know, when he got injured towards the back end of last season, it hampered our end of the season massively. Um, you know, maybe if he had been playing in the FA Cup final, United might have won the game. Um, you know, they maybe would have qualified for the Champions League a bit quicker at the end of last season. And this season without him, it just feels like, you know, 
when when you take Martinez out of the side, I do think we're a lot weaker. Um, and I think we're weaker both defensively and actually offensively as well, especially through build up play. Um, you can just see that we can't we can't build out from the back as well as we want to. And I think that was very very evident against Villa. You know when they pressed us and pressed us hard inside our own half from the kickout, we struggled. We really, really struggled to deal with that. We struggled to get the ball then through midfield and then ultimately up into attack. So I think if you have Martinez playing there, you can do that a wee bit more comfortably. Um, and again, it's not Harry Maguire's fault that he's not left-footed. You know, there's nothing he can he can do about that. It's not Varane's fault that he's not left-footed. Nothing he can do about that. But thankfully, Shaw looks like he is going to be available for the weekend. So that's that's massive news for, for United. Connor Rasmus Hyland now, that's... Um, a five and five um, from him. He is having an absolutely wonderful, wonderful sort of Christmas period and now taking this end of the new year. Um, what do you like about him? And do you think he finally looks like Manchester United's number, like number nine, the the, the, the perfect candidate perhaps? Yeah, definitely. He's a, an exciting player. He's only 21, five goals in a row in the Premier League. Uh, he's obviously quick and, I think he's he's gained a lot of confidence over the last uh, number of weeks. Um, really good finish uh, through Martinez's legs. A lot of people were saying maybe a few weeks ago he would have snatched at that. Uh, he probably was doing that, you know, with the start snatching at shots and stuff like that. But um, was really impressed. I think you know even when he wasn't scoring, he was impressing. But he just he doesn't get the service. He has to do a lot of it himself. You look at that West Ham goal. Um, you know his goal obviously the corner was uh, was good as well. But yeah, with United. Uh, we need uh, obviously Rosmus to be flying for the rest of the year if we're going to have any hope at top four. Um, it was a weird game because I thought it was. I feel like Villa were the better side to be honest. Um, they missed a lot of chances, weren't clinical. You know, Emery said it after the game. I actually was very impressed with Villa, as you said. They pressed us high for there was 15 20 minutes in the second half. We couldn't get out, and they were they looked like the better side. You know, we just we hung in there. And uh, it was only 1-1 going into the last 10 minutes. And then we got a, a late goal. Dallow's cross, I have to give him credit, was unbelievable. Obviously, McTominay does well to make the run. But I think even McTominay said after the game, you know, he just had to put his head on it. It was that good of a cross. Beckham-esque. Um, but a massive win. And obviously, you need your striker to be scoring goals. And that's probably why we're getting results. Our third away win in a row, which is the first time since like 2020. I think, or 2021 maybe, when Ollie was there. Um but yeah, with Rasmus, you know, an exciting player and I think he'll just improve as the season goes on. And we've seen it in the Champions League as well. He was really impressive. He just needed that first goal. And once he's got that first goal in the Premier League, he's he's taken off. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And he is a very um, exciting young striker and an exciting young prospect that, that United do have on their hands. Oren, the old um, the old meme come back to bite Aston Villa um, in the ass in this game where... You know, they always say, never celebrate early against Manchester United. And Douglas Louise hitting Andre Onana with a little shimmy after after he scored his goal. And it was a good goal, a well-taken finish. But, you know, that, that, that old adage that, you know, that's one thing you don't do against Man United because you can be punished. And ultimately, Villa were, were punished. Um, what did you make of that sort of scenario? There's not really been a whole pile said about it in the media. So I just wanted to get your take on it and whether you thought, look, it's just part of the game or was it a bit disrespectful? What, what what was your take on it? Oh, look, he celebrated his goal. Do you know what I mean? And I think, you know, as Dorman was saying, they they were they were batting down the hatches there against Manchester United for a long period of the game, especially after the um, start of the second half. You know, the, the United were very much under the caution. I think 
just getting that breakthrough and it kind of did look at that stage that you know it's either going to be a draw or perhaps even a Villa win if they kept that momentum going from the goal so I think it was just a little bit of a immediate reaction from from Douglas Louise but you know he came out and um, said that it was it's samba season in Brazil or something and that it was a samba celebration and um, you know, I don't know if the quotes were real or whatever, but apparently he'd done an after uh, post match interview and stuff and said, you know, um, I shouldn't have done it and that I wouldn't do it against United again. I don't know if they were real or not, but um, yeah, he was tweeting Rio Ferdinand over. Look, it's part of the game. He scored a goal. He celebrated. Um, you know, probably in, in a fashion that wound up United fans. It wound me up especially, and um, you know, I would say that gave a bit of extra motivation. I seen after we scored. Varane went up to him and started chatting to him or whatever and then of course when Hyland uh, was taken off he, he was telling him to calm down and stuff and he went up to Hyland or whatever looks part of the game you like to see it some people don't like to see it but no who cares really like um but yeah as Connor said just um, special mention to Diogo Dallo for that cross that Celia needed to win small fee of 19 million euros and um worth every penny of it Absolutely, absolutely. The the small fee managing to take Diogo Dallo to United from Porto. Um, lads, just sticking with Dallo, actually, you know, it was an absolutely superb cross, but I've also seen a stat that he's the highest ball-winning midfielder, or sorry, fullback in the Premier League this season. He has won 73% of his duels in the Premier League this year. Like, this is a guy that we actually criticise, well, look, maybe not criticise, but I would say the three of us aren't you know, massive Diogo Dallo fans, you know, we, we do tend to call out the flaws that are, are, are in his game. Connor, when, when you hear a stat like that, because it completely surprised me, it completely caught me off guard, I thought to myself, you know, I I, I didn't think that Dallo was even that good defensively, but when you hear a stat like that, you're kind of like, oh, do you know what, fair enough, maybe he is actually having a better season than, than what we're giving him credit for. And like you said, the, the, the cross was absolutely back a mask. And McTominay said it himself, you know, all he had to do was just get 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 a flick on and, and it was a goal. Um, have you been impressed with his recent form? Do you think he is Man United's outstanding candidate at right back this season? Or when Wambasaka comes back, would you be thinking, no, actually, I prefer to have Wambasaka in there at right back? Actually, I'm surprised by the stat, to be honest, because obviously it was only a small fee that we paid, 19 million. But uh, I was, you know, we seen him in the, we seen him live against Newcastle, and I thought he was dreadful. He got caught out like a number of times defensively. You know, obviously, I think I'm going to take him over Wambasaka only because of the attacking threat he offers. And I think in today's game, you need to have a fullback that can, you know, get across him like that. Um, and obviously, Wamasaka, 50 million as well. So it just shows how great Dallow was. You know, what a fee that was, only 19 million, as Orn said. Uh, but yeah, I have to give a shout out actually to McTominay because I give him a lot of abuse, but he, he has stepped up this year and he scored four goals off the bench in the Premier League. And as Orn said, he got us 12 points. So I think he deserves a bit of credit too. But with Dallow, honestly, I still think we need to look at a right back. I, I think defensively, you can really get at him. And. Probably need a new left back too, to be honest. But you know, we got the win. As Owen said as well, he made a good point about Lindelof second half. You know, Bailey or Bailey, yeah, Bailey was absolutely toasting him or Lindelof in the second half. And for some reason, he took Emery took him off and brought on Diaby. 
And for, I don't understand. I actually don't know why. They asked him after the game and he said it was tactical reasons, which makes no sense. But thankfully he did. We got the three points. And uh, yeah, just, you know, Dallow's the best right back in the league, lads, you know. <laughs> I wish, lad. I wish. And 50 million for wan that's no small fee for a right back. That's quite a hefty fee, actually. Um, I actually forgot he cost United 50 million but um, yeah Connor. just even when you mentioned there we'll just finish off with Villa lads um, even when you mentioned there Connor, like when Diaby come on he was actually playing at the 10 and then Bailey was out on the right wing and for that sort of 5-7 to seven minute period that's probably the best period of the game that Villa had and you do kind of look at it and you, and you think well, why did he take Bailey off because I, I really thought in that period Villa looked like they were going to score again. Um, Oren, do you think that was maybe... And look, again, not trying to stir any narratives here or anything, but would you look at that as a mistake from Emery in, in, in the game, possibly in game management? You know, if he had kept Diaby and, and Bailey on the pitch at the same time, that perhaps they would have caused United more trouble. Not necessarily. Look, I, and I fully agree with what you both said that Bailey, I think, was Aston Villa's best player, or at least one of them. You know, he got the assist for the Villa goal and all, but, you know, Emery's, Emery's a very experienced coach. And I think if he says it was tactical reasons, he obviously thought that the, the changes he did make was going to lead to a second Villa goal, or perhaps he made them to just secure a point, if nothing else. Didn't work out for them either way, but. Um, no, I wouldn't really question that decision too much. Um, it's easy for us to look at it from a, a fan's perspective and be like, oh, why would you take a forward off and you need another goal? And obviously we criticise Ten Hag for substitutions all the time. And, you know, for, for a lot of the time, especially recently, is substitutions seem to be a bit wayward. Like, But, you know, in terms, look, it just didn't work out what he had probably planned. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I listen, completely understand, completely understand. I just, you know, because he is a manager that we do praise so often on, on this podcast, I just thought maybe, you know, for myself personally, I looked at it and I was kind of like, look, obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing after the game, you can debate these sort of things. But even at the time, I was thinking to myself, no, I, I would keep these two on the pitch a bit longer together because the, both of them are really hurting United um, as a duo. Um Connor Watkins didn't really have his best game in an Aston Villa shirt, um, and now you know United have really managed to, to cut this gap, and it is it is achievable for United to to overtake Villa and possibly overtake Spurs as well. But you know, you did say last week um, when we had that wee chat about Aston Villa that even if they did drop out of those Europe, uh, those sorry, those Champions League places, that it would still be a fantastic season for them. And um, do you think they have enough within the squad to keep pushing for the Champions League, or could you see these last fourteen games and maybe start to slip down the table a little bit? I think it is going to be tough. I think we said this last week too. The you know they're still in uh, the Conference League and uh, and uh, obviously they'll put out of the cup, but I th- like. I actually was impressed by Villa, to be honest against us. I thought they played really well. I thought Watkins wasn't his best game. He missed two really good chances. Obviously, Onana done well. I have to give him credit as well because he's a player that gets a lot of scrutiny and he played really well. But for Villa, I thought they played pretty well on another day. I think that's what John McGinn said on another day. He would have won, but they didn't take their chances. And, you know, United. And a shout-out to Ten Hag. His first away win against the top nine club. Uh like it's like Ten Hag's quotes after the game too when he was saying eh, we can beat anybody on on our day home or away, which is a weird start for you know I don't actually want to go against Madrid but it's a weird start for guys two win or two draws nine losses in his previous 
11 away games against the top nine. But for Villa, I, I still think they're in with a good chance of the Champions League. They're only one point away. They're playing really well. It's just if they pick up any injuries, they'll be in big trouble. But, you know, as Emery said, that you know he was really proud of the performance. They just weren't clinical enough. And United were very clinical. Yeah, no, look, completely understand, completely understand where you're coming from. Um, well, look, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you very much for, for tuning in. Please head on over to Twitter, Instagram, um, and TikTok, and we are at Bottom Bins Pod on those platforms. We're also the Bottom Bins Podcast on Facebook. If you are watching on YouTube, please, please, please hit hit the, the subscribe button. You will be helping us out massively. We're trying to get to 100 subscribers by, by the end of February, and you can make that happen if you hit that subscribe button. If you're, if you're listening on Spotify as well, hit the follow button. Again, you're just going to help us out massively, massively. And as always, thank you so much for listening, and keep it Bottom Bins. Keep it Bottom Bins. Thank you.